With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, there you are. Here we are. Here we go. It's the Steelers hangover. Yes, I know it's February, but not for long. March is upon us in maybe about six hours, wherever you are. Maybe like if you're down under like Matty Peverell and and Mark Davison. Well, it's it's already it's already March. So here you go. Will March be in like, like a lion out like a lamb? We don't know. All we know is that we're going to be talking hypocycloids that entire month long of March and in be- and beyond. And there's going to be so much to talk about. So my name is Brian Anthony Davis. I'm the podcast producer here at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Shannon White is here. Shannon, hey. Hi, guys. Shannon Oh, thanks. Good. I mean, you waved. <laughs> We're also on audio platform, so so we can't caption that wave. Uh, Tony, what's going on, my man? I am doing great, Brian and Shannon, and, and I cannot wait for March. I've been waiting for March for like two months. I, I, I don't want to say hate, but I don't like January or February all that much. So uh, March, I can't wait. I think as soon as March gets here, it's going to be 60 degrees every day. That's how I picture it every year, so hopefully I'm right. <laughs> Well, I remember the great blizzard of 93, and that came, like, March 18th. (laughs) And, wow, I was on the radio in Johnstown, PA, and I had to go to work to let everybody know that stay off the roads. (laughs) So, So I'm I'm hoping we don't have to deal with that again. No. I uh, I I never made fun of big guys again because I got stuck. Uh, I got stuck on the highway, and it was called the the bypass in Johnstown, uh, two nineteen. And I was on there, and I just I mean, they I called the uh, I called the uh, DMV or whoever you had, the roads or the road service or whoever, and and they said no, it's fine. You can. I got off at midnight on a Saturday night and and they told me it was okay. And then I just got stuck on the on-ramp. Ugh, that's and horrible. so these the next thing you know, I'm there. The the winds were like 50 miles per hour. I mean, I might be I, I didn't measure them, but they just seemed fast. I had a fitted ball cap on, a brand new fitted ball cap, and a hoodie on over it. 
and it took it, oh. it took the hoodie down and the ball cap and it just flew away. And I, ha- I even had a shovel, but there was no shoveling out of that. And <laughs> next thing you know, here comes an ambulance with two of the biggest guys I've ever seen. And they come out and they're like, you need some help. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they gave me a push and they struggled, but they got me out and they said, hey, we'll, uh, we'll follow you. I mean, just follow us. We'll pave the way for you. So, and we'll watch you. So, uh, it was, it was absolutely amazing that, uh, I thought I was going to sit there and die on the, <laughs> on the underpass. <laughs> and so there you go. Anyways, hopefully we're not dealing with that. It's a beautiful day in Maryland today. Uh, yeah. warm. I don't know what, what it's like in, uh, in the mountain state, Shannon. It's, uh, like What's the weather today. It's like mid to upper 40s and sunny, so, you know, it felt good with the sun out. Tony, how about uh, the Keystone State? What's going on there in Pittsburgh, PA? It's picturesque. It's uh, no clouds in the sky. Like Shannon said, it's about mid 40s, and I might go for a walk after this. Yeah, it was it was really nice. Uh, Owen, voice from across the pond in Britsburg, says, hey, it's... Uh, it's normal, wet, rainy, cold in England. So <laughs> there you go. Stay away from England if you don't want the weather this week. So uh, if you're planning, I know, I'm sure Tony was uh, planning a trip there. Um, you know, just like a road trip. You don't do it yeah. this week. No, maybe maybe, maybe Maui, like, mine, like Jane and Bert. Yeah, I mean, aloha. We are sunny and hot here. Jaredevil in my favorite place in the world. I'm a SoCal guy. I'm not from SoCal. I'd love to be from SoCal. Hot 84 in Southern California. Love it. <laughs> I'm man, I I'm just destined to be in SoCal one day. I I would love to be there. But hey, let's get on with it. Let's do this. Let's talk about the Steelers as always. Uh Josh Parker 18 Celsius. Minus 18 Celsius up here in Canada, boys. I mean, TJ Jones says sunny and warm in Texas, you know, 18 degrees Celsius. I can't even figure that out. I, I don't even know what that is. Is, is that okay? What like about 30, 30 some degrees difference. So what's that? 12? Is that 12 degrees here? I don't know. So I, I'm a, I'm a Fahrenheit guy. I, I don't do Celsius. So <laughs> there you go. That's uh, one of my weaknesses in life. I can't do the metric system. I, I can't do Celsius. <laughs> um, so with that being said, you know, let's do this. Let's talk hangover. Let's talk what we're going to talk about here. Uh, look, look at this. Um, I was just thinking, I haven't seen Dave Shipley in a while. Bad, I didn't forget, just out of the country, back home in Florida, 80 degrees here. It's, it's great to see Dave Shipley back in. Nice uh, FLA, 80. Um, yeah. So uh, let's do this. I, I know I keep on saying this, but thanks for the $5, Dave. I, I mean, gosh, my uh, my brain is not firing on all cylinders today. I'm going, my ADHD is, is popping up, I think. So let's go ahead and talk Okay, so it's minus 18 degrees bad. Okay, there we go. Um, so Celsius is different than Fahrenheit, though, isn't it? Yes. It's uh okay, it's their it's their and system. I, I know it's it's been a while. 
Um, so let's uh, let's go ahead and let's talk. Let's talk Steelers now. If you've noticed the title today, I I went a little outside of the box, and I called it the decline or the evolution of a great organization, a first class organization. And so there's been we know the Steelers have been a first class organization since basically since the 70s. They've been known as one. I mean, they were a sad sack organization beforehand. And now they're now they're a first class organization. And then something happened in the 2010s. You know, they haven't won in a while, but I, I don't think winning's the thing. I think it's the fact that you had some things pop up, the Antonio Brown situation. You had the uh the situation with uh Le'Veon Bell as well, and and some different things popping up. And there were thoughts around the football world that the Steelers were no longer that first-class organization because I think I always thought of them as one of the best in the league. I always felt a little arrogant about it, thinking that, hey, we're Steeler fans and we have a great organization and you're in Cincinnati, you know. You know, that's what I've always thought. You're in Jacksonville. You're, you're not. You know, that's how I've always felt. But there's been a lot of people, you know, disagreeing that Pittsburgh's no longer a first-class organization. Then something happened last week where the Steelers went and hired an assistant coach, a defensive assistant, that looked like the league was trying to boycott him because of, because of comments and because of a lawsuit against the league. And Brian Fleury should have been a head coach just like that with another team. And now he's a defensive assistant in Pittsburgh. So my question is, that has redeemed Pittsburgh in a lot of people's eyes as far as organization-wise. And so, gentlemen, I want to ask you first, is this a perception that you've noticed that the league has fallen off on Pittsburgh as a first-class organization and it might be turning around again? Tony, I'll start with you. Well, I've certainly noticed the perception. I mean, that people have been so critical of them the last 10 years or so. But, I mean, they were – I'm sure they were critical of them in the 80s when Dan Rooney fired Art Rooney as the chief scout. Remember that? He had to fire his own brother. Can you imagine if that happened today? Twitter would literally explode. Uh, and uh, Bill Cowher and Tom Donahoe had their very public spat in the late 90s. Power struggle that, that Cowher won. The, the Rooneys went with Cowher. So, I mean, you know, people talk about, about – People things with AB and Lev Bell and but that stuff goes on in every decade. It's just you know if you're winning Super Bowls, people don't talk about that. But I think the floor is the floor is higher. Definitely changes the perception of the coaching staff, and it, it definitely it's a it's a bold move and something that few other organizations would do. So I think it it, it speaks to the who the Steelers are as an organization and and how they're they're willing to take risks more risks than people think. So. It, it, it's, it definitely changes the perception and it certainly changes the perception of the coaching staff as a whole from what we thought of it a couple weeks ago. Shannon? There's a difference in a winning organization, a uh, first-class organization, and a championship organization. They, they often go hand-in-hand, hand, but not always. Uh, the Rams won the Super Bowl and a lot of people don't, 
admire that organization at all. They can't stand the owner. I don't know much about them, but I kept hearing that all leading up to Super Bowl week how they didn't want the Rams to win because of what kind of individual the owner is. The Steelers don't have that issue, that we have great ownership, uh, and they want, they're pursuing championships. Uh, I really believe that each and every year, but they're not selling their soul to do it. They're trying to do it the right way. I think that's the definition of a first-class organization. Brian Flores was a smart hire, regardless of what else was going on around him. It, it, they had to have guts and, and uh, do the right to do the right thing there and, and be willing to hire him. But he's a brilliant defensive mind. And as we talked last week, uh, you know, that was just a smart hire for the organization. Um, and hopefully we'll, we'll pay dividends here in the next couple of years. Very well. That's, uh, that's very true. Now, a lot of this came down and we hear this all the time. And it's a question that, that I want to talk about. And it's this. Ever since we lost Dan Rooney in April of 2017, there have been questions about R2. And a lot of people have said that, well, he just doesn't do it the same way. He just, uh, he is not his father. He's not his grandfather. And there have been, there have been people thinking that, you know, there's, that he's just not the right guy. And so with that, you know, I'm thinking with that, that that's a situation where you, a lot of people think that since they have not been winning under him and that the league's changed, that he's just not the right person. And I kind of disagree with that. What's your thoughts on that? I'll start with you, Shannon. Anytime you say your dad is a great man and you're following in his footsteps, you have to prove yourself. And until you do, there's always going to be questions. Dan Rooney was one of the greatest football uh, owners, men, uh, a man of high character. He, he was established. His legacy is will be hard to ever live up to. But that doesn't mean art can't. They are, as you say, they do things differently. And honestly, in this day and age, you have to start doing things differently. And, you know, they've been a little more aggressive, like trading up for Bush and even back to um, last year, you know, trying to, you know, they had a tough situation there with that cap being like it was being reduced and all them holes, which they've still got a lot of areas they need to fill this year. But they're going to have to change some of the uh, their means of operation the way they've done it in the past and, you know, become a little bit more current. Uh, to to stay competitive. Uh, but, yeah, I think Art can do it, but until he proves it, that's always going to be a question. Well, you know, you talked about winning, you know, and he hasn't won. I mean, they really, they have not won a playoff game since uh, since his father passed away. They, uh, they, they won one right before he did when they beat Kansas City with – all of those Boswell field goals, but you know, there's just that, there's just that possibility that he is getting pinpointed because he hasn't won at all. And do you think that changes Tony, if he goes out and wins? 
Well, of course, perception will change, you know, if he wins at all. But, you know, people have to remember he's been the team president since 2003. And before that, he was probably uh, performing those duties uh, before he was officially, officially named that. And, you know, they won a couple of Super Bowls with Art II as team president when he was running the day-to-day operations. Dan just happened, you know, he was around, you know, like his dad was, like, like the chief was in the 70s and the 80s. But it's really it was really Art the Second that was you know running the day to day operations. Yeah, Dan had had influence, and he and, and and you know people came to him for advice, and 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 he often had the final say in a lot of things, you know, including uh, you know, maybe even the hiring of Mike Tomlin and the drafting of Ben Roethlisberger. But but Art's been around and doing. Uh, he he just has a different style than his dad and his grandfather. He's more of a he's a lawyer by trade, right? So he's more of that you know maybe like a sort of a pragmatic, uh, uh, not, not as quite as emotional as, 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 as his dad or his, his grandfather. So he's just doing it a different way, but yeah, until since, you know, it, after, after uh, Dan passed away in 2017, uh, the perception is that it's just Art Rooney, the second by himself running the team. And until they win another championship, he's always going to be questioned. So, it's just a matter of uh, him making the right moves and 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 uh, winning another title, and then all of a sudden he'll be he'll be revered just like his dad and his grandfather were. Well, that's uh, that's definitely something that that you really could look at here, and it's something that that uh, because of it, you know, people are looking at him as all right. So there's a problem now, and they're blaming him. And yeah, I kind of hate to see it because there's been there has been change with this team but there's been change with the league and that's it you know the league's changed the way business is done is not the same as it was 10 years ago this league has evolved so the steelers do they continue to evolve into being that first class organization or have they lost a step and if they lost a step who are the teams that you think might have eclipsed them who is the number one organization as far as being a first-class organization in this league? I mean, you know, you have to go, despite their, um, despite their, their troubles in, in terms of like the cheating scandals, the Patriots obviously have that perception because they have, they have, uh, you know, Bill Belichick and they have uh, Robert Kraft as, as the owner. And you can look at the, the Ravens, the Ravens, you know, they're a really well-run organization. They haven't won in a while, but they're, they have that perception. Um, I don't think it's the Cowboys because, it, because I, I think, I don't think Jerry Jones should be the GM. He, he should, he should have given it that, that those responsibilities up years ago, but you know, teams like the Patriots, uh, Ravens, um, you know, it, it's, it's certainly not Washington. I mean, or, 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 uh, or, or, <laughs> Yeah, or the Browns—they don't have that reputation. Uh, the Bengals, even though they, they, they've had, they've come a long way, Mike Brown is still considered you know a, a bad owner in, in a lot of people's eyes. So uh, I don't think there's very many that, that you can you could put above the Steelers as far as the, the class of the league is in terms of ownership. Uh, but yeah, they, they may have slipped in, in the eyes of, of the public. But with social media throwing mud at everybody all the time, it's hard not to to slip uh, compared to where things were years ago. Yeah, I mean, we we didn't really see. Uh, we talk about Robert Kraft, and but you know, Art Rooney too hasn't been uh, found in 
in a massage parlor in Florida. Um, right. So, right. Right. you know, that's uh, you know, I'm going to bring that up every time with the uh, the Patriots bring, you know, uh, we're holier than thou and they're not. So, Shannon, are you agreeing with Tony that the Steelers are far and above the a first class organization here? And the I'll, best in the NFL. Yeah, I always think that. Uh, as long as the Roonies uh, are the majority owners and, and they handle their business the way they have in the past, I always feel that way. Uh, as far as what other teams are up there, you know, I agree with Tony. You know, the Ravens are a very well-run organization. Uh, I think a lot of people overlook the Colts. The Colts, uh, they, they haven't won anything since Manny was there as far as – but they've they've had some really quality teams, some good coaches, um, and I think they try to do things the right way. I think they they realize they have a respect for their fan base. Uh, we've talked before that I think like the the Steelers to me are like the St. Louis Cardinals in Major League Baseball, and the fact that they're always competitive, they they care about their city, and they care about their fan base. And there's incredible loyalty there. Now, of course, now I'm being a Pirates fan. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not a fan <laughs> of the Cardinals. But you have to respect them. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And just like you know, we no talking about the Ravens. You have respect for them the way they've. You know, I, I don't think it's quite the same without Ozzie Newsom because Ozzie was great. Uh, but they they are uh, another first class organization who just happens to be in our division. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I actually think that Eric DaCosta is uh, really took the baton and ran with the ball very well. And that's something that you look at here, too. You know, that's a that is a pretty good organization. You mentioned the Colts and we're just now we're just talking about the Ravens. The thing about you can't uh, ask anybody in Maryland if they're a first class organization well, yeah. <laughs> because, because the Ursays were a mess. Oh, my gosh. His father, Jim Irsay's father, Bob, I believe it was. Wow, that guy was like drunk in public talking about how I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna leave. We're never gonna leave Maryland. We're never gonna do this. And then, middle of the night, boom, they're gone. I was talking the last decade. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, you know, I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, Dave Shipley, the Steelers haven't had a losing season since 2003. or and haven't finished in last place since 1988, just saying. But, you know, what? we bring that up. When you bring that up, there's a lot of people that will say, hey, I'm not giving that credence anymore because when you talk about Mike Tomlin, and I think it just happened on a show last week, they're like, look, we're not going to recognize the non-losing season thing again because nine and eight's not good enough for everybody. Or nine seven and one, so there you go. Okay, I I've got to bring this up because I don't even know what it means, but I think it's very entertaining. Um, bad itch. My itch was so bad that I I bought ten kinds of ointment today. Waste of money. I need to stop making rash decisions. <laughs> we we uh, can't we very... can't leave. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, we uh, we needed neither. that. The internet. So I guess, I guess. Oh, I, the the dogs are chiming in today. I, they they got loose. They're uh, 
they're saying that the Steelers are a first class organization as well. Who and, let the dogs out? Yeah. <laughs> the Baja Men. Tony, do you remember the Baja Men? I remember that one song. I don't think they had any other songs. No, yeah, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing must be nuts. We'll say this no Super Bowl win since 2008. That's what I look at. And that's what a lot of people look at, too. So there you go. Um, my thing is, I mean, there was 26 years between Super Bowls, and people were were still considering them a first class organization. But then things changed. I, I think I think we've gotten to the point where we expect the Steelers to win, you know, every couple of years, and that's just that hasn't happened. And as that 2008 team gets further away, people are are itching for it. If we're going to continue to use the word itch today. Uh, so let's, let's uh, do something here. I'm going to shift gears and we're going to go ahead and talk about something that came out today. I believe it was Tony Pauline um, from PFN that put this out and it said, you know, the Steelers are very high on Malik Will Willis, but they're very high. They're choosing and they're, they're in the running for three quarterbacks on the uh, as far as on the free agent market. And there's three out here to look at. One is Jameis Winston. The other listed was Teddy Bridgewater. And the third one was Mitch Trubisky. So those are who they're looking at in the free agent market. There's been talks that every single trade opportunity, everybody that comes up, somebody's linking them to Pittsburgh. Of course. Pittsburgh's in the, the, the top three destinations for Carson Wentz, the top three destinations hmm. for Jimmy Garoppolo, Garoppolo. Pittsburgh's number one or two in every single one that pops up. You know, so, and Myrna Jane and Burgess had passed on all three. <laughs> I, uh, I actually, uh, I, I got to tell you this. I would go with Trubisky. That's the guy I would root for if they're going to take one of those three. Trubisky has the fourth best win loss record since 2018, 17, 18, when he came in. And he's behind Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, and I, I uh, can't remember who the other one was. It was on our Slack channel the other day and I was talking about it yesterday. But Trubisky actually has a, a pretty good win loss record and he did it with Chicago. So I'm wondering and uh I'm wondering if he could be one of those guys that could be a Tannehill. And you, you hear me talk about this a lot. Tannehill was a guy that was in the wrong place with the Miami Dolphins. Then he found the right place in Tennessee. I really think I I don't like Jameis, just for the interceptions, the interceptions are crazy with Jameis. So if I had to rank the three, I would rank them three, two, and one. Jameis, Bridgewater, Bridgewater has a lot of injuries, but Bridgewater would be there, and then number one would be Mitch. Shannon and Tony, I'll start with Shannon. What do you think? Who, who would you bring in if you're going to bring those three guys in? Well, as we talked before the show, I've this is actually the the subject of my next article that I'm working on. 
Oh, and you and you start looking at Trubisky, and his numbers, like you said, his winning percentage. Uh, getting in his second season, he got the Bears in the playoffs, and he made the Pro Bowl. I think he might have been an alternate, but he was at the Pro Bowl, and you know it looked like he was really going to maybe develop into something. But the Bears never give him good receivers. Uh, and they never had a strong running game or offensive line, and he was running for his life back there. A change of scenery, you know, he didn't get to play much for Buffalo, but a change of scenery might be just what he needs. Now, in the back uh, during the season, we talked about Bridgewater because I know, man, you was high on Bridgewater. It wasn't he high. Had, that was my, that was my prediction. Oh, that was your prediction. But that's he, my prediction. Uh, but he could be like a, a game manager, and he fit the Steelers. Profile. I remember that's what you were saying. That yeah, you thought he he would be a, a fit with what they would be looking for, which I've I've always been Marcus Mariota or Trubisky. I never even thought of Winston because Winston is like, you know, if you go back like you said with the interceptions to his time with Tampa Bay. I mean, he he was just a gunslinger extraordinary. He made uh, Ben look like Alex Smith. Uh, because he was just slinging the ball over the place. and He didn't know which team he was throwing it to. But he's played with the Saints, and he's Sean Payton got to be an influence on him. Drew Brees got to be an influence on him. And if he has learned to rein that in, he's a very talented quarterback. So if there's one of those three guys I think could be an established starter for the Steelers, uh, I would put the money on Winston based on talent alone. Uh, I think that Trubisky, because of his mobility and his talent, would be the best option of the three. So I do agree with that. Tony, a guy that I love and I've been talking about for as – and I'm talking about these guys as bridge guys. I'm not talking mm-hmm. about them as as a 10-year guy. But I, I kind of think a guy like Trubisky would be – and some people are, are uh, debating whether Trubisky would be better than better than Mason Rudolph. So, you know, those are guys to look at. And everybody's going to have different opinions on this. Mm-hmm. And I have no problem with that because it's true. Another one, I was thinking about bringing him up, and SD Steelers fan just said another name to look at would be Tyrod Taylor. And you hear these names and you're like, oh, no, 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 no. But the thing is they might fit what you're doing here and be a bridge. And a guy like Tyrod has gone to a lot of places and has done things like that. But the guy that I'm really high on is Marcus Mariota. Just for the fact that I kind of think he fits what the Steelers would be doing in Matt Canada's system. You could get him for cheap. You could, and that's especially if you're going to draft a guy. Um, Owen says Tyrod Taylor is injury prone. Yeah, he is. So is Teddy Bridgewater. You know, a lot of quarterbacks, uh, you know, get injured. But Mariota is a, a guy that I kind of like for this just because just because of what the Steelers are doing in Matt Canada's system. Tony, what's your thoughts? Well, I think you know, if, they, if, if they're thinking about drafting a quarterback this year, then I think Teddy Bridgewater is your best bet as far as a, a one-year game manager – bridge quarterback because he's I think he's the safest uh of the three he's the, he takes care of the ball the best but I really like 
Jameis Winston, because, you know, because what Shannon said, his time with the Saints, he seemed to change his game around a little bit. Plus, he had LASIK surgery, you know, you know, the, the, the fix his eyesight. Remember, Terry Bradshaw, when after he retired, he talked about how he needed glasses the entire time that he played. And if he would have uh, known that, he might have had a better interception or touchdown interception ratio. So I like Jameis Winston. I think he's the most talented. I think he has the best arm. Uh, Trubisky is, is more mobile and, 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 uh, you know, I, I think Mary Otis probably more mobile than any, any of them, but I, I really like Jameis Winston, you know, as far as if, if you bring him in there, I think he has the best chance to be your quarterback for the next five years. And second would be Trubisky as far as somebody that, that could be the long-term quarterback for this team and not just a bridge quarterback. So I think if you're looking at the bridge, it would be, it would be Teddy Bridgewater, no pun intended, <laughs> but if you're looking for somebody uh, that could possibly be more than that. I, I would say Winston would be number one and, and Trubisky would be right behind him. Mariota, I'm not that crazy about Mariota. I, I, I've never, maybe I just don't know much about him, but I've never been that crazy about him. But hey, you know, I'm, I'm willing to give any of them a shot because they're all free agents and they're all cheap and you won't have to give up much to get, or you won't have to trade anything to get them. So, mm-hmm. you know. And that's the thing. And the other guy that could be in this equation too is Carson Wentz. Now, you just said you wouldn't have to trade anything for these other guys. You might not have to trade anything for Carson Wentz. I would not be surprised in the next couple of weeks if if he doesn't get traded, which I don't think he's going to get traded. I think a lot of teams are waiting for him to just be on the uh, free agent market and get cut. So, you know, What's your thoughts on Wentz here in the system as well? There's a lot of people that uh, don't want Wentz, but Wentz was on his way to being an MVP in the league before he got hurt. His team still won a ring, but right. he was he was throwing like crazy. So Shannon, yeah, Wentz is like you said. It looked like he was going to be MVP that year, and. You know, they had a heck of a team and, and still won it with Foles as the backup, which was incredible. Wentz, he, he hurt his knee, but his decision-making is what's been the issue the last two or three years. You know, I don't know why that – maybe it is getting hurt and having to set out. It might have stunted his development. I don't know. But, you know, he's, he seems like a quality guy and, and, a, and a good athlete and – the Colts, they were on fire there at one point last year. And, and so much so that with Taylor, I thought they might be the AFC representative in the Super Bowl because they have a solid defense too. But then he fell apart late in the year and just making some really bad decisions, throwing the ball up. And so that's the only concern. Um, we've talked about, you know, people say, well, we already got a bridge quarterback in Rudolph. And everybody knows I think he's a he's a he could be a good career backup, but I don't see him as a starter. So therefore, I don't see him as a bridge quarterback. But I, somebody was talking about it this week that he's five four and one in his career, and the Steelers' defense has given up an average of thirteen points a game during his starts. So that means that even though they're only giving up less than two touchdowns. They, he's still five, four, and one. So, um, I don't know if he's the answer, 
I would rather try to ride with him than give up a lot of draft picks that they need. But, um, you know, that that's the, the whole thing with Wentz is you just don't know uh, why what's happened with him and his decision-making. Yeah, that's that's a, a good thing to bring up, too, because you kind of forget about the decision-making and the problems. Because, yeah, he, he was – they started off poorly, but he was hurt. That's why they, one of the reasons they started off poorly. He comes in, they're a house of fire, and then they're struggling. So the quarterback thing, it's not going to be answered until it's answered for us. So that's something that uh, we got to wait and see on. And we're going to have answers pretty soon on this. So, gentlemen, when do you think that we are going to get an answer on this? If there's a trade, would that be in the next two weeks? Would that be before free agency, most likely? It almost seems like it would have to be. Tony? I think – I don't think they're going to make a trade. I think they're going to they're gonna sign one of those guys – a quarterback similar to one of those guys we just mentioned, Mariota, Trubisky, Winston, Teddy Bridgewater. If Wentz gets cut, then some, I don't think they're going to they're gonna invest in a trade for somebody. Because, like, why would you – I mean, I like Jimmy G. But why would you trade anything to get him when you can get one of these other guys? What separates Jimmy G from any of these other guys? What there isn't much that separates them. So why would you give up a lot to to? You know, I heard you can get uh, what uh, they could get him for like a second or fourth or two fourths, and and one would be a conditional. You know, sec, it would turn into a second based on performance. But he also has you know he counts so much against the cap. So if you can get a, 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 a Trubisky or a Winston or somebody like that for eight, ten, twelve million a year, why would you? trade for a, uh, a Jimmy Garoppolo who's, who's what 25 27 million uh next year or even Carson Wentz like you know if you can get somebody like if, if he gets cut you can and you can bring him in fine but I wouldn't trade for for so I think it's going to be a free a veteran free agent at the onset of free agency all right there you go Shannon are you feeling the same way there oh definitely if you look at Garoppolo look at the organizations he's played for He's played for the Patriots and the 49ers. The 49ers are stacked. I mean, they've been stacked. Uh, the way they held them back the year before last year, they had a rash of injuries. It was crazy. But, you know, if you surround a lot of quarterbacks with that much talent, they could do a good Jimmy G impersonation. I guarantee you that. So, yeah, I don't want to see them trade, um, you know, such valuable draft capital or take on that big a salary right now when you're in rebuilding mode. So I'm, I'm liking the cheaper available free agent route uh, and then maybe drafted somebody if they, if there's one they like. Yeah, that's, that's really what you're going to see here. So if they bring one of these guys in that doesn't seem like, it doesn't seem like a long-term solution. Like Tony said, some of them could be a long-term solution. A guy like Trubisky could be a long-term guy, but what is your gut saying right now about them drafting somebody in 2022? And a lot of people are saying right now, if you're drafting Malik Willis, you're trading up to get him. Tony. Uh, I mean, these things change daily and weekly. My, my, my uh, feelings if you would ask me this a couple weeks ago, I would have said, "Oh, absolutely, they're gonna they're gonna draft a quarterback." But but now it just feels like both Pickett and and Willis, regardless of what you think of them, uh, and the opinions vary. It looks like they're both going to be long gone. So it's just a matter of do they want to try to draft somebody? So my gut tells me at this point that they're not gonna 
they're going to go the the veteran free agent route and they're going to address other positions in round one as of right now it could change tomorrow my feelings it it could change so i'm thinking that we're going to know something soon if they if this team doesn't make a trade in the next week and a half two weeks i think they're all in on free agency at this point because wouldn't you think that those decisions have to be made now Shannon. absolutely Tony? yes they need to know like you said before free agency starts they got to know before obviously for the draft because they got to know where they're going to be putting the resources uh to acquire this talent they need to have so yeah i, I think it would have to be you know at least in the next couple of weeks absolutely so hey um before we wrap everything out out excuse me everything up today man i tell you what the brain's not firing today so uh, a lot of great opinions here a lot of people especially when you bring up the next quarterback for the pittsburgh steelers and it's really interesting everybody there's so many people in different directions and there's so many guys on the board here as a possibility is there anybody that we haven't talked about that is going to pop out of nowhere and that's that's one thing that could always happen because a guy gets cut and then boom, that's who you're talking about. And you know how Steeler Nation is when a guy gets cut, mm-hmm. they're like, all right, we're grabbing this guy. We're grabbing this guy. Right. I'm looking at Zadarius, Zadarius uh, Smith, right? And I'm looking at him as, of course, he's not a quarterback, but it looks like he's going to be a cap casualty. And so he's going to be the guy on everybody's mind for the Steelers to possibly bring in as well, even though that's not the big position of need right now, but that's somebody you can talk about. Snowman brings up uh, a question here. It gives us $5. We appreciate that. What offensive lineman would you draft? My pick, Trevor Penning. He's a beast and move Dan Moore to right tackle. You know, that's a possibility to move Dan Moore over. I don't even know. Sometimes they uh, they bring a guy in and start him at right tackle and move him over to left, too. Uh, Shannon, what's your thoughts on uh, Trevor Penning? I like the guy as well. Oh, he's he's nasty. Uh, mean. He, he was starting fights and, and mm. throwing guys around at the senior bowl practices. And, you know, they weren't too happy about that. Nobody likes getting ragdolled at a practice, you know. But he to me – He's a right tackle. He's a classic right tackle. Uh, he doesn't have great uh, slide, uh, great footwork. Uh, on the right side, I think he would be a better fit. Of course, you could always leave more on the left because more is more nimble and athletic than Penny. But as far as putting a guy like Penny on the line, I think he's going to take him a little while to get up to speed. But the guy is pure nasty, and I love his attitude. Of course, I love Evan Neal. That's not going to happen. He's probably going number <laughs> one or number two overall. Tony, what's your thoughts here? I don't know why everybody keeps talking about moving Dan Moore over to right tackle because he played left tackle all throughout college. He's really not that. Ver- he's not, you know, he's not a, a, an Okafor or a core. I'm sorry, or an Okafor type, or you know, somebody that can move left to right. He seems like he's a. He's only a left tackle. That, that was the his scouting report. In, coming out of college and he played all there. He played there all last year. He started what, I don't know if he started all the games, but he was, he was their full-time starter all last year. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why you would, you would um, move him to right tackle in the second year. You know, like, like Shannon said, pending 
seems like more of a right tackle. So they, if they can get him in the first round, I'd put him at right tackle. I'd keep Dan Moore at, at left tackle. You have Kevin Dotson at left guard. You know, may, maybe that's a start of something good as far as an offensive line uh, uh, rebuild. Absolutely. So one last thing that I wanted to talk about here before we take off, just before we went on today, the finalist for 2024, the NFL draft popped up today. And there were three finalists on that list. Really interesting to take a look at. I believe the last draft, we just had a draft in Cleveland this year. I believe it's in Vegas if I'm not mistaken. And so the finalist came up today and there's one on the list that I'm really excited about. And I'm hoping that's who it is. And it would be Washington hosting the draft because that's about an hour away from me. And I'm thinking that would be a great place to go. So Tony, where is your, besides Pittsburgh, of course, and Pittsburgh's not a finalist, where would your ultimate draft location be if you wanted to go see it and would you go to a draft i would go to it if it was in if it, if it was in pittsburgh or, or close enough like you know maybe cleveland which was recently that didn't go so maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe only if it was in pittsburgh but but you know you said it's in vegas this year to me uh, it's, it's in I, vegas I, this year yeah yeah that that'd be the ideal just just to spend a weekend or i guess a yeah a weekend in vegas Anywhere else, I mean, I, you know, if it was close enough, I guess, uh, I, I don't have any, you know, preference on, on, on what city it would be in, especially the ones that, that you know, uh, was it Detroit, you said, Detroit, and uh, what's the other one? And Green Bay is the other one. Yeah, I mean, n- n- none of those really excite me <laughs> as far as uh, spending any time there. Uh, it would probably just be the closest, I guess. I guess Washington would be a, a – is that the closest? Probably. Well, it's Shannon. It seems like Green Bay is going to get it because they're Green Bay. But <laughs> I would love it to be DC, and I would find a way next year to go there because it's so close. Yeah, I would. Uh, of course, it takes me about four hours to get to Pittsburgh, so I could be Charlotte in three hours. So if they had it down in Charlotte, uh, I would. I would probably go and and uh, with some friends and, and enjoy that. Uh, but of course I, I enjoyed, uh, watching it at home, you know, in the comfort of the, the couch and cause you know, we have to work on that through all those nights and, <laughs> you know, put out the, the grade, the pick articles and, and everything. So, you know, it, it's, I enjoy watching it, but we're also working through the, that night for sure. I <laughs> uh, see. I've been watching the draft since I think the first time I really paid attention to watching the draft was 1987. I remember Mm -hmm. the first draft that I really paid attention to was 1983 Mm -hmm. and I paid attention, but I wouldn't watch it. And then I figured out I could watch it. I had a migraine in 1987 Mm -hmm. and they started the draft at like seven in the morning and I got to watch Rod Woodson fall to the Steelers. And I, I didn't know the importance of Rod Woodson at the time. And, but I was watching, I'm like, Oh, this is really cool. So I I remember that 87 draft and Cleveland made a weird choice there too, taking, I think it was Mike Junkin instead of Woodson. And (laughs) so, you know, I love the draft the last couple of years of the draft. 
actually been harder because we are working and it's yeah. it's harder to pay attention to it when as soon as they make that pick you're like boom 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 and and you're going and i even turn you guys off because for some reason i might be a like 30 seconds or 20 seconds behind yeah and, and or but somebody finds it on twitter first and post and they... it and so i actually take my phone and i turn it around when they're about to pick so that's what i did with naji so i didn't know that it happened yeah so because so that's you guys I, wouldn't spoil it for me. I remember two years ago when, when Chase Claypool was drafted, I was way behind and I saw it on Twitter. No, that's where I got that from. No, and all caps, like, what the heck? I mean, give it a rest. But if we do, if 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 any of us do go to the draft, Brian, if we if we all make a road trip, the three of us DC or wherever, we have to boo the Jets draft pick. That's 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 tradition. We always have to boo the Jets, the Jets draft pick. Well, Tony, Tony, I'm already I'm already putting you down. You're coming. All right, Shannon, you're welcome to come too. I'm just, uh, Tony, you, you make the trip. We'll go, and uh, I, I know we can't twist Jeff's arm to go because, uh, and it would be really hard to twist Dave's to go. But we might be able to get Big Brosco. He'll come. There you go. So uh, that's what we'll do. We'll we'll do that, and, and we'll go live. But that's that's just if it get Washington's a finalist. So that would be awesome. General, it was, it was great talking. We talked about a lot of stuff tonight. We talked, are the Steelers a first-class organization? We think so. Yeah. We still believe. Not just think. We believe it. We talked about the next quarterback. We have no clue. Snowman's in. Snowman's coming. That's awesome. Um, yeah. I'd party with Snowman. That'd be great. So we might have a huge BTSC contingent all hanging out in D.C. So there you go. And then... We also talked about, like I said, we talked about the next quarterback. We have no clue, and we're not going to have a clue. We're only going to have opinions. All of us are, and your opinions are valued. So have that opinion, and, and don't worry about it. That comes down to this. That comes down to three things that we want you to do as we get on out of here. First of all, we want you to, one, be safe. We want you to, two, be true to yourself. That's what I was talking about with the opinion. We want you to three, always be behind the steel curtain. Check out all of the shows, the noontime shows. They're great. Tomorrow, cutting room floor with Jeffrey Benedict. Wednesday, you're going to get what Ian's talking about on their new day. Excuse me. No, that's Thursday, their new day. The new day for Maddie Peverell's show. The war room is on Wednesday. And then on Friday, it's me and it's KT. KT Smith, the coach, and we're doing Here We Go, the Steelers show. There's so much more to check out, so make sure you're checking it out and do all those three things. And just when you think you've got all of the answers, Tony. We keep changing the questions. Shannon. Woo! All right, keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the hypocycloids. We'll see you guys. Hangover out. <laughs>